Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me in your Bible this morning to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 9. I want to read one short phrase. Matthew 6, verse 9. Our Father in heaven. Our Father. That's the title of my message this morning is Our Father. You know, it says over in... in Ephesians in the third chapter, Paul was praying and he said, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. Now, I wrote this down in my Bible a number of years ago when I read this uh, insight from a, from a Greek scholar. And, and I've just quoted to you uh, Ephesians 3, 14 and 15. You don't have to turn there. We're going to look at some other scriptures. But this verse says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. And the way it reads is, From whom the whole family. From whom means out from whom. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Out from whom the whole family. Now literally that says Every family, out from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. The Amplified Bible makes this a little clearer. It says, that father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. All fatherhood, everything we know about familyhood and family life derives from our father. In heaven. Glory to God. No truth is as far reaching. I'm going to have to hurry up this morning. So forgive me if I just read a little bit here. No truth is as far reaching. As this blessed fact. That God the creator of all things. Is our very own father. That's not just a doctrine. Let that get in you. The God of the universe who created all things is our, not just in title, he is our very father. And we are his very own children. Glory to God. Therefore, he cares for us with a father's love. Oh, hallelujah. You know, this was, this was news when Jesus came on the scene. Because until Jesus came, there was no knowledge of God as Father. In the Old Testament to Israel, God was known as Elohim. El Shaddai, El Shaddai the Almighty God. Jehovah God. And they revered Him as God, but the fear of the Lord meant something different to them than it does to us. They feared God because they were afraid of him. He was shut up in the Holy of Holies, 
No one could approach him. I'm talking about his manifested presence. We know God is omniscient and, 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 and everywhere. And, uh, we know that. Uh, but his manifested presence was shut up in the Holy of Holies. Nobody could go in there except that. I mean, you couldn't get close to it. The high priest could go once a year and only once. And under, only under great precaution. Sacrifices and, 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 uh, offerings and incense and cleansing and ser- he, he had to, he had to go with great preparation. And, and if, and if he didn't, if he didn't go in there with the, with the right preparation, he would fall dead. Tradition tells us that they tied a, a rope around the ankle of the high priest so that when he went in to the most holy place, if something happened and he died, they couldn't go in after him. They'd just pull him out. That was, that was the concept that people had of God in the Old Testament. He dealt in awful judgment to the lawbreakers, to the disobedient. And they were aware of that. He, he told them over and over again, if you obey me and keep my commands, these blessings will come upon you. But if you disobey... If you violate my law and my commands, all these curses will come upon you. Cursed will you be in the city. Cursed will you be in the field. Cursed will you be when you come in. Cursed will you be when you go out. Your, your, your livestock, your crops, your children, your homes, everything. And they knew it experientially because, you know, they would be very fearful, but then they'd go along for a while and they'd get complacent and they start going after other gods and forsaking his law. And you just look at the book of, uh, the, the books of the Old Testament. Catastrophe would hit. They would be destroyed. They would be overrun by their enemies. They would be taken slave, into slavery. They would cry out in their trouble. Repent. God would deliver them, bring them back, give them peace, give them prosperity, give them blessing again. And they'd grow complacent and they'd do it all over again, over and over. That's the history of Israel. They were commanded to love and obey God or suffer the consequences. And they were, they were familiar with the consequences. Well, that was the atmosphere into which Jesus arrived. That was the knowledge of God that people had. But Jesus arrived on the scene into this atmosphere of harsh judgment, condemnation, retribution. He came talking about God as his father. He talked about the father's love of his care for his own. And it mystified particularly the leaders of Israel, the, the Pharisees and the, and the rulers and scribes and so on. They, they, they didn't like it. They, they couldn't receive it. Now, it's interesting, they, they, they ran to John the Baptist. All of the leaders, the scribes, Pharisees, all the, you know, all of the leaders of Israel, they ran out to John the Baptist, preaching, repent. Talking about the judgment of God that was to come. Calling them terrible names, brood of serpents, hypocrites. They all had to admit it was true. They loved that message. (laughs) That was the culture of the Old Testament. Jesus, he didn't come with that message. He came with a message, like I said, of the Father's love 
the father caring for his children. He came with a message of, of grace and a, and a forbearance and forgiveness. But uh, his words fell on deaf ears or, or unresponsive ears, I should say, among the, among the leaders. They just couldn't understand it. Let's look at some of these words. Go with me. These are some of the first things that Jesus preached. Go with me to Matthew chapter 5. These are, these are early words. Just as Christ first became on, came on the scene. Go to Matthew 5 and look at verse 43. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good for those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Go over to Luke chapter 6. Hold your place in Matthew, we'll come back. Go over to Luke chapter 6 real quick. Luke 6, look at verse 36. Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Go back to Matthew chapter 6 again. We were, we were in chapter 5. Go to 6. Were we in chapter 5? Yeah, go to chapter 6. And let's look at verse number 1. Take heed that you do not do your charitable de- deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. See, that was the atmosphere. Jesus came into an atmosphere of hypocrites. All the leaders were hypocrites. And that's what John told them, and they loved to hear it. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will himself reward you openly. Oh, glory to God. Let's go on down to verse 5. When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore be not like them. Now notice, for your Father knows the things you have need of, Before you ask him. Therefore in this manner pray. 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. See, he was talking about the care of the Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The common man loved Jesus' teaching. The regular people, not the leaders, but the common man flocked in, in, in great multitudes to hear Jesus. And it says the end of this uh, Sermon on the Mount, they were astonished at his teaching. They were astonished at the, at the authority by which he spoke and the gracious words that came from his lips. Let's read some more. Go with me over to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. Oh, hallelujah. Let's look at verse 23 and 24 and then skip over to 26. Verse 23, and in that day you shall ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, pardon me. that your joy may be full. Look at verse 26. And in that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. I came forth from the Father. See, Jesus came, like I said, announcing God as Father. It was foreign. It was unknown. Religious people couldn't handle it. But the common people drank it in. It was so refreshing. It, 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 they, they found hope. They found that, that, that God was interested in them. That he wasn't an awful God. He wasn't a harsh God. He was a loving father. And I... And, and, this truth became uh, widespread in our circles, in uh, the Word of Faith and Word and Spirit circles in the 1970s. And people, everybody was talking about the Father God. We were so conscious of God as Father. But I'm going to tell you, our movement has largely lost this revelation. I'm going to say that again. Our movement has largely lost the revelation as, of God as Father. Now, we, 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 up here we still have it. Up here we still have it. We know He's our Father. But we don't have the revelation that we had. I'm talking about generally. I do. But I'm talking about generally speaking. In our movement, we don't have it. Most all of our songs that are written, that we sing these days, and, we've, and most... Most Word of Faith people have, have taken songs from other camps. And most of the songs that, that are all about God. God, 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 God. Now listen to me. He is God. And you find it in the New Testament. You find it in the epistles. Paul talks about God. But when Paul talks about God as who he is. In other words, his, his, the fact that he's God. He'll use the word God. But every time Paul starts talking about 
God in terms of relationship. Not, not just that he's God. But when, God, when Paul starts talking about God in terms of his relationship with us as, as Christians, he always says, Father. I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We, and, and it's not just here. Our songs, I've talked to Steve about it. All the songs are about God, 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 God. You know, when, when people pray, I can tell just listening to somebody's praying what kind of revelation they have of God. Because some people pray, oh God, God do this, God do that. Well, he is God. And, and, and I understand that. But that tells me right away that they don't have, they don't know him as father. Jesus said, when you pray, pray our father. And like I said, we need to get back to that. To get back to the understanding, not just, not, not as a law. You understand what I'm saying? We need to get this revelation again. I, and it's not just, I go other places, other churches. All the songs are all the main songs that everybody sings, you know, and it's God, God, God. We need, we need to start worshiping our Father. Because you see, the more you know of Him as Father, the easier it is to receive from Him. When you know that God is every bit a father. It's the best fathers this world has ever known. No one loves their children more than our father in heaven. No more, no one is more willing to do, provide, deliver, meet the needs of, bless, comfort their dear children. No man on earth compares to the Loving nature of God, our Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's go over to, like I said, I'm trying to hurry. Let's go over to Matthew 6 again. Matthew chapter 6. Hallelujah. This was a huge revelation to me as a young man when I began to, to read people who knew something about God as Father. Changed my whole outlook. In Matthew chapter 26, look not at the birds of the air or look at the birds of the air for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. This is Matthew six twenty six. 26, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your Father, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? This, in Jesus' in day, this took people by storm. This, this rocked their world. <laughs> Are you not of more value than nature? God provides for nature, for the birds. Will he not care for you? Amen. Go over to verse 30. Now, if God so clothes the, clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. We know we just came out of wildflower season. And the whole landscape was just glorious in God's beauty. And all that's just to be, we mowed it all down at our house. 
Just mowed it down. That's what he's talking about. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is mulched, <laughs> will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you have little faith. God wants to clothe you. He'll take care of your clothes. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Or will we have gas? Or will we have baby formula? Or will we have food? What are we going to eat? It's going to happen. He said, do not worry. Now, he could have just said, listen, don't worry about it. And just left us to our own imaginations. Just try not to worry. Put it out of our minds. That's not what he did. He said, don't worry. Don't say these things. For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And a good portion of these things might be yours. You'll get one or two things here and there. God blessing. Little mercy drop from heaven will fall on you. No. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry. Stop worrying, church. Speaking what the Lord said. Do not worry. That doesn't mean it's just a bad idea. That's not, he, he didn't say, well, you know, worrying is just not healthy and you shouldn't do it. He said, do not worry. Do not. Don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I know sometimes when I go to bed and I, and I start going to sleep, I'll start thinking about something tomorrow, some problem. And, and if I let it, it'll keep me awake. And I often think of this scripture and remind myself, of scripture. no, tomorrow has enough problems. I, today had its own problems. Tomorrow will have its, I refuse at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night to be thinking about tomorrow's trouble just not going to do it. Tomorrow will have its own. I'll deal with them when I get there, but I'm not going to worry. He, why? Because I know my father will provide all that I need. I know he'll solve the problem. He'll correct the issues. He'll make the crooked things straight. He'll bring plenty where there's lack. He'll bring peace where there's, where there's turmoil and confusion. He'll bring strength where there's weakness. My father knows I need all these things. I I was reading this one time and that phrase for all these things the Gentiles seek just sort of just jumped out of the, off the page. And I, and I, you know, the Gentiles are the unsaved for all these things, the unsaved seek. And I, it just suddenly occurred to me, the unsaved people, they're not seeking junk. They're not seeking secondhand clothes, worn out shoes, bald tires on their car, leaking oil, transmission fluid, 
Steam coming out of the radiator. That's not what they're seeking. Windows that don't work. Air conditioning that can't get fixed. That's not what they're seeking. They're, they're, they're seeking the good things of life. Now listen, you can, you can get overbalanced and just be, you know, thinking about material things all the time. But after all these things the Gentiles seek, your father knows you need all these things. He, you need the good things. Now you, you, we, don't, we don't live material lives and we don't boast about things, you know. But, but God wants to take care of you if you'll let him. If you'll believe him. And the only way you can do that is to stop fretting. We used, to, we used to laugh a few years ago when gas would go up to about $2 a gallon. We'd say, I don't care if gas goes to $5 a gallon. My God will provide for me. And now people are going, I don't know if it goes much more over five, it goes six. I'm going to have to cut out and, you know, where I go. Wait a minute. What did we say? I, I'm not trying to predict the future, but if God goes to, if, if gas goes to $20 a gallon, I'll still be able to afford it. Well, that was weak. Some of you sat there and think, oh, no, 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 no. It's easy to say now, Pastor. We said it then. It's true. We were in California last week. Gas was, we filled up at the airport right before we turned our car in. It was $6.59 for a gallon of gas. I said, well, praise God, not for that, but praise God that God provides. Everything I need. I can fill this thing up. And if I need to drive all day, I'll drive all day. And when I get through, I'll fill it up again. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not, it's not that I'm not interested in the price. We want it to go lower, but it doesn't matter. God will provide. Your baby's not going to go without food. Because why? Because you have a father in heaven. Your natural father wouldn't let you go without food. Your natural father wouldn't let your, 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 his grandchildren not be fed. Your natural father, when you were little, wouldn't let you go without food. God is our father. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me hurry up. Let me hurry up. Like I said, the people never heard anything like this before. It was utterly new. Sadly, it's, it's, it's new and unknown to most Christians. Most Christians don't know this. Religious tradition has taught people, even in our day, saved people to fear and shrink back from an awful God of judgment. But he said, do not worry about tomorrow. Don't fret. You see, if he's our father, we can be sure he will take a father's place and perform a father's duty. Become convinced of this, that he loves you and will take care of you. Become convinced of this. Now, sadly, some people have had abusive earthly fathers. We deal with this sometimes. We deal with people who come in. Now, I had a good father. But not everybody had a good father, earthly father. And so sometimes it's been difficult for people to to have a concept of God as a loving father when they didn't have an example of that on the earth. Listen, that, that if, if, you, if you grew up in, with those kinds of circumstances, that wasn't the will of God. It wasn't the plan of God. It's not the heart of God. Our Father in heaven is the consummate Father. He is the Father of lights. He is every good gift, it says, comes down from the Father of lights. 
wherein there is no variableness, no shadow of, a t- of turning, he will always love you, always provide for you. Amen. In John chapter 14, you don't have to turn there, I'll just read it. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, Judas, the other Judas said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And the Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Glory to God. Now there's two things here to point out. He who keeps my commandments. He who keeps my commandments. And that's what trips a lot of people up. They're trying to keep the Old Testament. They're trying to keep all of the commandments of the Old Testament. Can't do it. If you focus on it, you won't do it. Jesus said, I have a new commandment to give you. That you love one another. That's the, that's the commandment of the church. That's the commandment of, uh, of, of who we are in Christ. Is to just love one another. Paul said it this way. Love does no ill to a neighbor. All the commandments, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, and all these things, no other gods. All of those are, are summed up in this one saying, love your neighbor as yourself. For love is the fulfillment of the law. All of the commandments of God are fulfilled. Because if you love somebody, you won't cheat on them. If you love somebody, you won't lie about them, you won't steal from them, you won't talk about them behind their back. So we have one commandment. Isn't it great? We have a loving father and he's given us one commandment and that is to just be like him in this love, in this love business. Master the love walk. Master it in your life. Loving one another. Oh, glory to God. He said, if you'll do that, he said, my father will love you. We will come to you, make our home with you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. See, God's nature is love. It's, it's God is, do you ever read this before in the Bible? God is love. Now God has power. He is powerful, but you never, you never read in the Bible that God is power. You never read that, that some of these other things that his, are his attributes, but God is love. More than anything else, God is love. Our father is a loving father. His, his nature compels him to love us. God's loving, listen, God's loving nature as a father challenges his, challenges his love, challenges him to love us because he, he's compelled to do it. Now, sometimes we challenge him too, but his love is challenges him. Glory to God. Amen. We owe the same relation to the Father that Jesus did when he walked on this earth. John 16, And that day you will ask in my name. Now listen to me. And I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loves you. Because you have loved me. And have believed that I came forth from God. Oh, those words resonate. They just, they just do something to me. For the Father himself 
loves you. Glory to God. In the 17th chapter of John, we have this word, in the glory which you gave me, Jesus is praying here, the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and listen, and have loved them as you have loved me. What a remarkable thing. Did you ever see Jesus going without? Before Jesus went to the cross, did he ever go without any provision? No. He never lacked anything. And he was, he was literally cast into God's care at a young age. To totally dependent upon God. God provided for him. I mean, when he was born, the Magi came bringing gold and precious stones and wealth. He never lacked. He never lacked an answer when he needed it. He never lacked deliverance when he needed it. He never lacked strength when he needed it. He never lacked wisdom. Oh, praise the Lord. The Father himself loves you just as he loved Jesus. Well, if he loves me as he loved Jesus, then I'm not afraid to face life's problems. <laughs> because he's in me. As he was in Jesus. Jesus said this, he said, I am not alone because the Father is with me. Well, I can say that. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. The Father's in me. He's with me and he loves me. Glory to God. What Jesus said about the Father's relation to him is true of his relation and attitude toward you and me. Nothing could be stronger than this or more comforting. The Father himself knows you, loves you, and longs to bless you. Oh, glory to God. I, want to, I just want to close out just by reading some scriptures, not making a whole lot of comment. 1 Peter 5, 7. I, I, I remember, you know, you grow up in church, going to Sunday school, you have memory verses, and, you know, and, and I came out of church even though I was backslidden. You know, I, I, had, a, I had doctrine, good sound doctrine that, you know, had been uh, drilled into me, and so I knew some things, and, and, uh, and I, I could quote a few words of Psalm 23, you know, not all of it. But I remember, and I don't know why, but... As a, as a young boy, probably 10 years old, I remember this verse of scripture. And, and it just, some reason it just was drilled into me. And this is in 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. Cast, the, the, the regular King James says, casting your care upon him for he cares for you. The Amplified Bible says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's, that's the Father's message to your heart. Drink it in. Make it, make it your life. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. And, and literally, 
where it says, you know, don't be anxious for anything. It, it literally says not even one thing. Now that can be a challenge. Don't be anxious, not even for one thing. Yeah, but God, come on, I can be anxious for something. No, he said, don't be anxious for anything. Why? Because he cares for you. And if you know that you're, you're the, that the God who slung the stars into place happens to be your daddy. <laughs> happens to be your daddy. And you're, you're not just child designate. You are actually born again into his family. We're just as much children of God. We're just as much sons of God as Jesus was and is. Because we've been, like Steve said this morning, we've been brought into him. Glory to God. Well, when you know that, you can, you can look at anything that comes up and not be anxious. Be anxious for nothing. That sounds like a pipe dream, but it's not. It comes at, but you have to stay focused on this. Amen. Keep this in your, in your heart. I can do all things. We already talked about this this morning. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why? Because I'm God's child. If God is for us, who can be against us? <laughs> Hallelujah. Isaiah 43, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art, I'm reading from the older King James because I just like the way it sounded. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Yeah, there, there are some trying times in life. There are some fires, there are, some, there are rivers, there are waters, there are difficulties. He said, when you go into those things, I'm walking there right with you. You're not going in it by yourself. You're not going to go through it by yourself. And, and he said, yeah, but I don't want to go through it. When you know that God is providing, he's got you by the hand leading you through it. He's right there with you. You lose conscience of, 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 of what might happen. You're not afraid that you're going to drown in the water. You're not afraid you're going to be burned by the fire or by the taxes or by the, you know, or the accusations or whatever it might be that you're going through because he's right there with you and you won't even, all of the trouble that comes against you, it'll just be around you. Yeah, you'll go through it, but it'll be around you. It won't get on you. Ain't no bugs on me. Might be bugs on some of you mugs, but ain't no bugs on me. <laughs> Why? Because he's with me. He's, he's guiding me. Glory to God. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you by my righteous right hand. That's Isaiah 41. Philippians 4, 9, uh, Philippians 4 19. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Why? Because he's my father. Because he's my daddy. And I can have it. Now other people might not be able to get it, but I can get it. When my daddy was alive, if I needed something, you know, I didn't expect him to give to the people down the street. But if I needed it, I knew he'd give it to me. We have favor. I said, we have favor. We're his children. He prefers us. 
This isn't religion. This isn't just preaching. This is living truth from the heart of the Father to you and me. Amen. And can I, can I close out with Psalm 23? And I just want to read, I want to read E.W. Kenyon's commentary on Psalm 23. Can I do that? <clears throat> there is no passage that describes the Father's and Jesus' love attitude toward us more beautifully than Psalm 23.1. Jehovah is my shepherd, I shall not want. This is perfect satisfaction. This is finding the ultimate of living. I shall not want. It is beyond our understanding. It is in the realm of the spirit. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Verse 2. This is where the luscious clover and tender grasses carpet the ground. There is no effort required here to get enough. He not only causes me to go into the green pastures, he also leads me beside the waters of gentle stillness. Water and food are the requisites that sustain life. He makes me to lie down and rest in safety and quietness in the pastures of plenty. Nearby is a babbling brook. Its living waters answer the cry of my heart. I have water, I have food, I have protection, I have shelter, I have his care. This is my father. When I am frightened and filled with fear, my whole being convulsed with agony, he restoreth my soul. He keeps me quiet. He makes me normal again. (laughs) Look to your neighbor and say, you need that. (laughs) He makes me normal again. He brushes away my fears and anxieties and he, and, and he, he takes me to his breast, breathes into me his own courage and faith. Glory. My heart laughs at my enemies, for he guides me down the paths of grace into the realm of righteousness where I stand in his presence. As though sin had part of the, I just realized that part of the page didn't copy. (laughs) So I'm having to ad lib the words at the end of the page. (laughs) I stand in his presence as though sin had never been, where I romp and play in the throne room of grace with never a thought of fear or dread. My father is on the throne. He may be the judge of the world. He may be God to the sinner, but he is my own father. See, he is God to the world and he's God to us, but he's more than God. He's our father. He loves me and cares for me. Matthew 6, 20, uh, 32 rings through my soul, your, for your heavenly father knows the things that you need or that, that you have need of all these things. I have it, Kenyon wrote, I have it framed and hanging in memory's chamber so as to remind me morning by morning that my father is watching over me. This would not be perfect unless we read John ten twenty nine. My father, Well, I can't read all because I don't know what it said. My father hath given them unto me. He, oh, my father who hath given them unto me is greater than all. We have, we have never majored in this father fact. It is coming to the front to meet the heart needs in this day and period of human suffering. The God who sits upon the throne is your father. The one whom you feared and worshiped from afar is your father. He is asking you to draw near to his throne of love 
gifts, that he may pour out upon you the riches of his love and grace to meet every needs of, of yours. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore draw, therefore draw near with boldness under the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Praise the Lord. God is our Father. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.